It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. In 2011, the Georgia General Assembly authorized a study of Georgia's pre-K program to examine children's learning outcomes and the quality of their classroom experiences. This longitudinal study is currently following over 1,100 children from pre-K through the fifth grade. And, Commissioner, recently we posted results from the student's second grade year. We did. As you can tell, we've been following this group of students since they were in Georgia pre-K, and so now we are uh, pleased to finally release the uh, results of their second grade year. Posted on our website, we've got the uh, study along with the executive summary. Here to talk about the latest results in the Georgia pre-K longitudinal study is Susan Adams, Deputy Commissioner for Georgia's pre-K program and instructional supports, and Dr. Bentley Ponder, Deputy Commissioner for Quality Innovations and partnerships. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. Right, thank you for having us. I think we have the longest title. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> it's like you, you read the titles, you go, and that's all the time we have. <laughs> have a nice day. Well, and this a lot of interest around this, a lot of interest in pre-K nationally from various studies. This happens to be ours uh, for the longitudinal study. And I guess to begin with, how does this study fit into the larger pre-K evaluation. This is the fourth installment, uh, independent research by the Frank Porter Graham Child Development Institute at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Susan, how does this all fit together? Yeah, so it has been a long, ongoing process to evaluate and look at um, both the quality of the pre-K program and children's outcomes, but then also to look at the children across their early learning career. Um, So this study is of a cohort of children that attended Georgia's pre-K and what they look like in second grade. And so we have um, had several studies of the pre-K program, some of which we've talked about on the podcast, that show when you look at children who attended Georgia pre-K, how well they're doing, they enter kindergarten ready. This study looks at them at the at certain um points across their career, the end of kindergarten, the end of first, and then the end of second grade, to look at both their outcomes and then also the quality of the learning environment and the instruction they got across that time. So talk about a little bit about how is the study conducted? Like, how do they get this information to then give us this this analysis. Sure. And I think to begin with with that, we need to look at what the study is. And the study measures, as Susan mentioned, the outcomes of a group of children who attended Georgia's pre-K in 2013-2014. And it's a representative sample of that of that group. Uh, I would also say, too, that this is a really strong study. And as a state, I think we should be glad that we have this data. And there's going to be a lot more that we can do with it. So this is just the initial study reports, but there's a lot they can do with that. Uh, Commissioner, to specifically answer your question. So, you know, you have, a, you have a group of children, a representative sample, the researchers, and this is done out of house, so it's not anything that we have access to the data. It's done completely objectively. They go out twice a year and over a wide variety of assessments across all appropriate domains, they test, they assess the children in fall and spring, and then in the winter, 
give or take, they do classroom quality observations. So you're able to look at that rate of growth. You're able to look and see where children are at all these different time points. And so if you just think about that, right now we're talking about eight different data points. That's a lot of data, and that's a really strong uh, part of the study. Mm -hmm. The classroom observation, I don't know if I was aware of that. That really is in-depth. So we're not just following the child. We're actually going into the classroom. Looking at what's going on there. How and that's different than other studies that have been able to do that. Most studies do that during the pre K year. A strength of this study is that we're doing it in each elementary school year. Oh, okay. Very interesting. How many students involved total? How many classrooms? And how were they selected? Sure. So the, the, in 2013-2014, the researchers randomly picked 100 Georgia's pre-K classrooms, and in each of the classrooms, they randomly picked anywhere between five to six children. Now, the children had, you know, the researchers had gained uh, family consent. So, I mean, you know, for, it was from those. But we have a generally a high rate of parents consenting for their children to be in the study. That gave us a total of 1,169 children hmm. that then were able to follow through these uh, uh through these years. The study has a strong retention rate, so I think for this report, we're still at 81% of the original sample that's in the that's in the study, so that's great. And the, the only thing that I would add to that is out of that 1,169, there is a small subsample of students who are dual language learners who speak Spanish, so those students are assessed in both English and Spanish. And then, as I mentioned before, for a group of those students, we're able to look at their classroom quality each year. So there are three primary questions that are answered in this report. So as you've said before, Bentley, this is a very dense report. So so that it's easily easy for our audience to follow, I think we take each question separately of the three questions. So we're going to start with, what are the learning outcomes for children who attended Georgia's pre-K program? So as you look at that, that is a primary question that's been asked across all of the studies that we've done. Um, both looking at what do children look like at the end of pre-K and then now at the end of second grade. And as you think about how they're assessed and their learning outcomes, these are typical skills that you would expect that children would have across their continuum. Of course, the skills are progress and get harder as children get older. So in pre-K, you might be looking at how many letter sounds or letters children can identify all the way at the end of second grade, you would expect children to be reading and comprehending. So it goes across that and it looks across all domains, reading, math, all those things. And so what do we know? At the end of pre-K, children are um, progressing at a greater rate than that's to be expected um, for development, um, which is really good. So they're not just growing because they're getting older, they're, grow they're growing skills at a faster rate than would be expected, and you see that across all domains. We also see that in kindergarten. Then in first grade and second grade, we begin to see two things. We see that both their rate of um, growth slows down, so they aren't getting skills as quickly as they were before. And then also we see that in kindergarten and pre-K and K, you um, are seeing children around where they need to be. And then we begin to see in first and second grade on some of those skills, they aren't quite at the national norm. And so um, that's helpful for us to know how are children doing across that continuum of time. And then the second question that the, the report tries to answer is what factors predict better learning outcomes for children? So what are those moderators that were 
showing up. Right. So as Susan mentioned, you know, those results that she talked about are for the full sample on average. When you start breaking it down and you look at other characteristics, are there things that predict what we would see within that full sample? And so the biggest predictor has been what the researchers term as English language uh, proficiency. And so at the beginning of the study, the very first time the children were assessed, they did, I guess, for lack of better terms, a research type screener. And from that screener, they were able to put children in different groups. And it's those groups that then prove the strongest predictor by uh, at the end of second grade. And what's, you know, I think we need to really note and, and highlight is for children who were in that lowest group of English language proficiency, they make the greatest gains in pre-K and kindergarten, but we also start seeing the steepest declines in first and second grade. So for me, that's something that we really want to pay attention to. That's been the most consistent predictor. Over time in the study, race and ethnicity has emerged as a predictor, as has uh, pre-K program type, meaning that, you know, whether they were in a Georgia's pre-K in a public school or private child care. And then, and some, we've had a couple of findings where classroom quality has also been a predictor. Great. And then the third question, which is unique to our study. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the quality of children's instructional experiences from pre-K through second grade? So for the study, they used, they have used the classroom assessment scoring system, otherwise known as the CLASS. Uh, it's an instrument that we've used in Georgia's pre-K since about 2009. So we're about a decade in to using this instrument. In pre-K, we use it primarily for professional development, but it's also part of the research here. The nice part about the CLASS is there's both infant and toddler versions of the CLASS, and there's also a K through third grade version. And there's actually a version that goes beyond third grade. What we see is that the quality is highest in Georgia pre-K and then decreases kindergarten, first grade, and second grade with some back and forth in first and second grade in terms of the, uh, in terms of the findings. Uh, there's three domains in the class. There's emotional support, classroom organization, and instructional support. And across all four years, your scores are highest in emotional support, a little bit lower in classroom organization, and then the lowest in instructional support, which is the hardest one and the hardest thing to move the needle on. Let's expand on that just a little bit. I know we're looking at language, literacy, math skills. What else are we looking at in these studies? The study is really designed to give a kind of full picture of how well a child is doing um, and, well, how where they're performing. So it looks at both traditional skills like reading and math, but it's also going to um, look at um, social-emotional learning with some teacher-reported um, surveys and then also with executive functioning. And that looks at skills that kids need to see, you know, how persistent are they, how to, um, predicting how well they might. Um, handle when things don't go their way or they have to solve a problem. And so those are key things that really help um, understand a full picture of how well a child um, might be doing in school. It's also really important in this study that we're also looking at those classroom quality um, observations, which um, Bentley just talked about. The reason that's important is because you know, you want to understand what might be contributing or supporting that child and doing well. And so some national studies of pre-K classrooms just look at a child in pre-K and then again in third grade mm-hmm. without looking at the experience across time and then also looking at the quality of their classroom experience. Um, 
you have to understand what's going on. You know, pre-K um, is one point in their career, in some ways a midpoint between birth to five and then kindergarten and on to third grade. Um, but it's hard to understand what really happened when you have a child or a group of children like this study, this study is showing. It's entering kindergarten ready. On, that's what we consistently see from our all of our studies. But then can't pop up in third grade and look and see where they are. You need to understand across time. So that's important. And then being able to look at that classroom quality to see, um, you know, is there correlations? What's the greatest predictor of how well children are doing? And so um, the study's helpful in understanding um, from a very high um, picture is um, the dollars that are going to Georgia Pre-K a good investment? Yes, absolutely. But then also, I mean, more importantly, the study helps our department, the Department of Education, um, teachers, you know, understand better about what's going on with children across that continuum so we can address, you know, where there may be some um, stumbling blocks for kids. So talk more specifically about that, about some of the changes or improvements that we've made since that very first installment in 2013. Yeah, um, I would say that that is probably um, the biggest benefit to our department is it really gives us a lot of good information about um, kids and how they're doing. Bentley talked about um, that one of the predictors was the amount of language a child might have. That There's a alignment or correlation with how well, you know, where are they in their outcomes. Um, as we think about that language proficiency, um, it's both kids that um, may not be um, English may not be their home language, but it's also kids that have low language, and that's directly connected to outcomes. And the department, we've used that to create our rising um, pre-K program, which is focused on dual language learners, which is a six-week summer transition program. We've used it to um, look at resources and training for our own staff around how they support teachers and supporting dual language kids during the school year. We actually this year, well, the last couple of years, as we think about our Georgia pre-K training, we've done some very specific trainings around supporting vocabulary development, literacy, um, and really thinking about those foundational pieces that kids need. And then in addition, we're also using the research to think about before pre-K. We see that these kids come in, um, some of our children, way below the mean. And they may make lots of progress over the year, but they're still behind. And so how do we support kids before they even enter the doors of pre-K? And so that would be through initiatives like um, our infant-toddler work around um, Project Little, which we've had a um, podcast on, which is about supporting infant and toddler teachers and supporting vocabulary um, development and language. So we really try to think about how can the study um, not only just tell us about the pre-K program and alignment through um, third grade, but also how does it um, change the kinds of things that we need to be doing as a department. Mm -hmm. One of the things I'm so impressed about the longitudinal study is that it's a ongoing study that we can actually pull information from in real time and make changes and not just put it up on the shelf and say, well, that was an interesting snapshot right. in the history of the program. We can actually begin to make changes. So now here we are. 
with results from kindergarten through second grade. How are we collaborating with the Georgia Department of Education? Sure, and I can speak on kind of the research end with this and what we're doing with the study. Susan may have more in terms of, you know, actual professional development or, or work around that. So we've had lots of discussions with DOE, and the nice part about this study is it's really led us to some very purposeful discussions with staff there. And we've unpacked the study together and just, I mean, and had really good conversations that I don't know that we had had in terms of research like this. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, we will be bringing the lead researcher uh, to Georgia. Ellen Peisner-Feinberg will be coming in a couple weeks. And so we're going to set up a meeting with DOE where we start about next steps. What are some other analyses we want to do with the data we have? The researchers have already, you know, they've collected the data for third grade year and fourth grade year. So what does that analysis structure look like? And, you know, then what are the next study releases? So, I mean, in terms of the collaboration with the study, I think this has been, been a real positive for our two agencies. It's been an opportunity for us to um, partner with the Department of Ed around program development and looking at alignment. One of the things we've been working on for many years, and some of it is a direct um, result of um, results from the study, is our work around positive climate and improving classroom climate. We actually fund um, some joint positions with the Department of Ed to look at how do we train pre-K, K, one and two teachers and supporting them in having um, appropriate classroom climate, what are strategies that those teachers can use in those classrooms, and that's a real strength across our two agencies. And then we also partner on thinking, um, there's a lot of work right now and focus on um, literacy and working across the department to make sure that kids have the skills that they need. There's been a lot of work um, through things like the grade level reading campaign. Of course, our um, Governor Kemp is really focused on um, third grade reading. So it's just a good opportunity for the two departments to make sure that we're both aligned at a state level, but then also how do we support local communities and support work between their early learning providers like childcare and Head Start with their local elementary schools and we've done a lot of work there too. So you've both been involved with this study from the very beginning um, from <laughs> you know from finding who's going to do the research for us with UNC Fort Frank Porter Graham what exactly is the study going to be because they can all be different so right. so what's one thing that stands out to you um, from this study? Doesn't have to be the second grade year just overall. I think overall, I mean, the study is a real opportunity to not only contribute to understanding what's going on in Georgia, but then also contributing to the national research around pre-K. I think in some ways, um, pre-K has been sold not just in Georgia, but you know, nationally and internationally as a, as a silver bullet. If we have this, then kids will be ready and they'll go to kindergarten ready and they'll be reading and they'll grow up and, um, you know, be successful. And certainly pre-K is part of that. And a significant investment has been done into the program that's really benefited Georgia. But we also have to recognize that it's not just one thing. It's not just one year. It's not one program. It's really making sure that children and their families are supported across early childhood, which is birth through age eight, um, in many, many different ways, and that those things are aligned. And that's what 
what helps children be successful. Um, certainly, um, there are great outcomes for kids that attended pre-K, um, even into a into being adults, but we also have to um, recognize that it's one piece of the puzzle. And I think Georgia's really contributing to the national research around that. Lots of states are beginning to, and national researchers are beginning to ask the question about what does it look like for a child that had really high quality pre-K experience, but also a really high quality kindergarten, first, second, and third grade experience. And what do those kids look like compared to a child that maybe had a great pre-K experience, but not such a great first grade year, you know? And what the research will say is that it's making sure that kids and families are supported across that continuum. And so that's really um, exciting um, to contribute to the field of research. Yeah, and I would say, uh, you know, you talked about the study being, I mean, this report being pretty dense. And so it's kind of been my summer reading list. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready for something a little different. You know, anybody knows a good 80s, you know, music (laughs) diva biography, I'm there. Uh, But it's, uh, for me, just really unpacking the study and, and looking at it and thinking of just this wealth of data that we have and what are the next steps and what are some things that we can do. You know, we need to do the reports. That's what's requested. We need to answer the questions. But there's a lot more we can do with this data. And it just kind of jumps out that we just have a great opportunity here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we're just getting started in the 2019-2020 school year. Uh, Susan, how should families that are uh, – actively involved now in Georgia's pre-K program, how should they feel about the experience and what their child is experiencing? So I always tell parents and families that enrolling your child in a Georgia's pre-K program is a great investment in them being ready for school and ready for kindergarten. And I would also remind them to trust the experience. Your classroom is being led by a highly credentialed teacher and program that know what needs to happen to get kids ready to be readers and learners in elementary school. So you should expect kids to play a lot. You should expect them to talk and sing a lot and have time on the playground. All of those things are important for their development, and all of those things contribute to those kids being readers. And at home, how can I support my child? Families should really um, support their kids by being involved and talk to them about how their day was. Um, have those important conversations, asking about what they did and how they felt about it. And then also read to your children every night um, and then spend time together. And those things are the things that are going to make the biggest difference for kids. 27th year of Georgia's pre-K program now underway, some 80,000 students involved and uh, we're hoping for a great year. If you would like more information on the longitudinal study, now following students through their second grade year, you can find it posted on our website at www.decal.ga.gov. Slide there on the homepage will take you directly to not only the report, the full report, but also an executive summary in case you don't have time for that summer reading that uh, Bentley was talking about (laughs) before. Guys, thanks so much for being with us. I'm sure we will have you back again soon on maybe another topic, but maybe for a while anyway. We won't be talking longitudinal study, but thanks again for being here. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, I'm Tammy Clark. I work as the agency receptionist. 
My question for the commissioner is, how will the governor's request to cut our budget by 4% impact decal? So I'm sure that's a question that's on a lot of folks' minds, is all state agencies uh, were asked to reduce our budget this year by 4%, and then the next fiscal year by 6%, uh, as the governor's preparing for a possible downturn in the economy. Um, so, you know, we're still looking at that. Uh, we will finalize that uh, submission to the Office of Planning and Budget by September 6th when it was due. Um, but we are very fortunate at DECAL that most of our dollars come from the federal government. So we have only been asked to take a reduction to our state dollars, which is a small piece of our pie. Um, so we'll look at things that will not impact our services or our staff. Um, you know, it could be things like computer charges that we could, you know, delay for a couple years or maybe a reduction in some contracts that we, we might not do for a couple years. So it will be things that um, I do not think our staff will feel an impact or the programs and services that we provide to the early learning community will feel an impact. But more details to come as it gets a little bit closer to September. Big thanks to King of Pops, World of Coke, Center for Puppetry Arts, Cartersville Booth Museum, and Noah's Ark Animal Sanctuary. They've all donated prizes for our decal download quiz. All you have to do is answer this question correctly. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers. Email your answer to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. Who conducts the longitudinal study for Georgia's pre-K program? Who conducts the longitudinal study for Georgia's pre-K program? That's the question. Answer it correctly. You could win a nice prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.